This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shouldn't you be at home? And love. Oh, and love, he's got a real chance now. Peter and love. John Walk will take the penalty. Up goes Dion Dublin! Unknown goal from Ruddock! Four by break here for Kiwabia. Panister and Bruce in the queue again. Bruce scores! And Chris Bart Williams is in! Still rule Fox. He's gone to the left. Oh. Now you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh. Hello and welcome back to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? I'm Chris Gold. Joining me, Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And the man with hairier hands and Richard Keys. It's director of podcast, Michael Martin. Not true, but hello. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it wouldn't be true of anyone on earth. I would You've got to go back at least 100,000 years. I, I enjoy, <laughs> I very rarely slag off someone in public, and I enjoy us telling these stories about Richard Keys. I'm 20% in the enjoyment. He's just the thought that he might bite. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He would not take this he well. Might. He writes a blog post about our podcast. Oh, I would love Richard Keyes to write a blog post. Would about you? Yeah, you oh. can't buy publicity like that. <laughs> you can't buy publicity. Oh, uh, if he talked about how he's happy in Qatar and how there's kind of this rubbish podcast <laughs> back in the UK yeah. telling these stories about me diving in a football match. What, th- what do you think his angle would be? I think his angles would be that we don't know what we're talking about because we're not football people. Yeah. That we're puerile. <laughs> Michael, you... uh, And I think he'd put the words comedian in quote marks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't find it funny. Yeah. Uh, as we began talking, like, just then, Michael darted his head around the glass window as someone walking past, and I thought for a second, is it Richard Keyes? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't associate the Richard Keys of today with the Richard Keys of the 90s. No. I still love I didn't have the Sky Richard in the Keys in the 90s. 90s didn't I didn't have you? Sky in the 90s, so I only... Had, my first real knowledge of Richard Keys was... <laughs> it's Richard Keys 2.0. Richard Keys 2.0. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like the Morrissey thing, though. He sort of... Richard Keys, a bit like Morrissey! <laughs> you love his earlier stuff. He's tarnished his early I'd good work. I'd love to yeah. know what Andy Gray thinks. <laughs> Much like I'd love to know what Johnny Marr thinks. Look, those two are thick as thieves. And Andy Gray, you'd never crack Andy Gray. He'd never tell you what he really thinks, if he really thinks anything different at all. Right. Correspondence? Yes. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Postbag. You've got mail. Do you remember when we discussed uh, John Collins being replaced by Collins John at yeah. Fulham? Yeah. Do you want a bit more detail from James? Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say when Sky replaced Richard Keys with Keys Richard. <laughs> Uh, hi lads, I enjoyed the very rare non-Michael Jackson related mention of Fulham on the pot. <laughs> the John Collins, Collins John story is in fact better than stated. 
We were playing at Loftus Road while Craven Cottage was being renovated when the swap of the Johns took place. <laughs> In a genius piece of planning, the club actually had John Collins on the pitch to bid farewell and to introduce new signing Collins John. No way. <laughs> In the days before Twitter, it was clearly easier to keep signings quiet. Something the Fulham PR team clearly did in this instance to make the ultimate impact. However, whilst a brilliant idea, a slightly suspect PA system meant that at the ground it was very hard to really tell what was being said, <laughs> leaving everyone very confused over whether a Scottish midfielder had decided to, in fact, stay. <laughs> <laughs> and who was the other bloke who was with him? <laughs> Holding the other end of the scarf a <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my word. The thought of people going, what's going on? <laughs> Who's that, that guy? Who's that guy? <laughs> so weird. It's such a weird decision to get John Collins to unveil Collins John. <laughs> I love that they replaced John Collins with Collins John. <laughs> they had to unveil him. <laughs> Now, if ever a title of an email, that's making sound, but it doesn't matter because it shows, uh, is to appeal to you, I'll just read you the title and then give me out of ten how excited you are for the email. The email is called, I have a Hansager's tie. Oh, <laughs> all, no. the way, all the way to 11 for me. I c- this is the content we've been crying out for for three years. Hi, chaps. Been meaning to write for a while. Come on, mate. Come on. (laughs) But maybe I was a bit miffed after you blanked my 90s Wimbledon haiku on your Facebook page. (laughs) I own a Hans Sager's tie, pictures attached, (gasps) that has a dull to most but hopefully mildly interesting to you story to it. I bought the tie for my dad for Christmas back in 1993. Liberated about 12 years later during my parents' divorce. At first glass, the tie makes no sense, as it has tiny RAF helmets on it, a load of little Fulham players and a crazy gang logo. But hopefully I can explain. We played Liverpool in the Coca-Cola Cup, as it was then, got a draw at Anfield and got them back to Selhurst. In the replay, even though we were at home, we had to wear our third kit because our home kit clashed with the referee's kit, who in the Cups in those days still wore all black. During the replay, a great game, it ended up going to penalties. A fine show from some big names on both sides stepping up. John Barnes, Robbie Fowler, Vinnie Jones and Dean Holdsworth. And in goal, Sagers and Grobelar. They both made saves. Sagers saved two, three on the night. And when Neil Ardley scored the winning penalty, the players wheeled away like planes and the DJ playing the theme tune to Dam Busters. <laughs> so, Hans Sagers deemed that the victory... And those images of the players pretending to be planes worthy of a special tie. What? And ten-year-old me agreed. Now to read the rewards. Here are the pictures. Wow. wow. So you can see on the back it says in the label the Crazy Gang Collection. Wow. Um, definitely a pet hate of mine, which this email touches on. When a team scores a goal and they play a song out of the PA. Yeah, it's not the NFL. Not. Except not in England, mate. So is this what Hansakers were doing? They're just novelty, pumping out novelty ties every time something happened? Well, I think they're all football-related. Yeah. I mean, the thing with that is, you're not going to shift loads of those. Like, you're getting a tie designed and made. Like, how many special ties for Wimbledon beating <laughs> Liverpool are you going to shift? And do you think Hansakers had a role in them... Do you think Hansakers set it up? When you score, do this, 
I'll make a bunch of ties. We'll tell the PA guy. Oh, do you think he had the tyres first? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I did. he bought a load of dead stock. If you have a Hansager's tyre, we'd love to see a picture of it. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know about more specific designs. Right, do you want some more Gillingham? Yes. Hi, guys. Just after listening to your episode about Gillingham, for some reason the name Paul Scally started wrecking my head. After a quick Google, it reminded me of possibly the strangest story I've ever heard in my life. One of the biggest crimes that happened in Dubai... Late in 2012, was one of Paul Scully's tortoises was kidnapped from a local hospital. From in Dubai? In Dubai. What is a tur- what's a tortoise doing in a hospital? Even funnier, the tortoise that went missing was called Blake. And the other tortoise he owned was named Amy Winehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Did not see that coming. <laughs> he had named his tortoise after Amy Winehouse and her husband Blake Fielder Civil. Wow. <laughs> Below is some of the article. This is the article. Few of us know how it feels to be a millionaire expat football club owner with a missing tortoise. <laughs> but that totally is the, agree. That is the harrowing predicament Gillingham <laughs> FC chairman Paul Scully finds himself in right now. Scully's family live in the UAE. Of course they bloody do. Along with two giant tortoises named Amy Winehouse and Blake. Much like his real-life namesake, Blake left his partner and escaped from the family home ending up at a German-Saudi hospital where security staff picked him up and called a vet for help. However, before the vet arrived, a mystery kidnapper arrived and took the tortoise away as a present for his own son. Rather than attempt to stop the man, the security staff took a photo above left of Blake being snatched and loaded onto a truck. So, there you go. Blake being snatched, loaded onto a truck. How big are these? They're Galapagos turtles. Paul, yeah, they must be huge tortoises. The phrase loaded onto a truck. You don't load a, a normal-sized turtle onto a truck. <laughs> How does it escape as well? It's a tortoise. Well, Amy and Blake famously didn't hang around. They're always disappearing somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. If you have any more stories on any of these things raised in this episode, this is how you get in touch. Uh, do get in touch with us uh, on the show. Uh, email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Twitter at quicklykevin or our Instagram, which is at quicklykevin. I'm Clive Tilsley, ITV Sport in London. Hello, listener. Welcome. You may notice there's a slight audio difference in some of the sections of this show because they're the bits we're recording now and our 56k dial-up modems since the <laughs> apocalypse <laughs> to give you an authentic 90s feel to some of this show. So our guest this week is stand-up comic, singer, actor, voiceover presenter and, most importantly, Talkie United fan. It is Mr. Charlie Baker. Uh, Torquay, big rivals of Plymouth, would you agree, Josh? I wouldn't agree, no. We do cover that in the interview. Um, I have a lot of affection for Torquay United, as I do Charlie Baker. And um, I absolutely love this interview. Um, I always love the ones where we talk to people about clubs that we don't really know anything about. And you kind of find out that every club has this kind of story over the decade, particularly if that person's grown up with this club. And... um, Genuinely, this made me love Torquay United. And more, it made me really, really proud to support a lower league club. Not proud enough that I don't want Plymouth to get in the Premier League, but quite proud. (laughs) And this is Charlie Baker. (laughs) Our guest this week is Devon's favourite comedian, a (laughs) lifelong fan of Devon's third best club, Torquay United. (laughs) 
He hopes they don't get promoted to the Football League as it will ruin his non-league podcast, The National Obsession. Please welcome Charlie Baker. Hello, that was really kind of you, Josh. No worries. Two lies in the opening <laughs> 30 seconds. I'll let you decide which they yeah, were. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you prefer non-league? Um, I don't prefer it, but it's made me realise I just love Talkie United. I don't mind where they play. Yeah. That's good. I don't care. I don't care where they play or what they do or, or who. I thought it was going to be really gutting and boring, but actually, the drop down when we drop down to the National League South, which is regional football. Although, it's not, <laughs> although I have this argument all the time, it's not because we end up playing like Eastbourne. How does it work? Is there well, Midlands teams that yeah, switch yeah. between South yeah. and North so every like season? Gloucester City this year were nearly in the National League North. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Gloucester were nearly playing like. However, they play up in Gateshead, you know. <laughs> and, but I have the argument all the time: it should be east and west, rather than because actually to get from Torquay to Eastbourne. Oh yeah, is, is yeah. a lot. Anyway, that's that's. Uh, is this a geography? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. No. So uh, dropping to the National League South made me realise it's just the team and the club that I love. If we've got a good team, but also when you drop down lower, You're if good. they if they give it a go, it's amazing. Like, we'd beat Team 7-2 and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'd be 5 nil up at half-time. Yeah. So you'd go and you'd, you'd travel for the first time ever. And the grounds must be amazing. Oh, it's too. amazing, yeah. The first time ever as a, as a Torquay fan, you'd travel in hope. <laughs> you'd travel... Because th- I've never travelled or gone to a game thinking, we're going to win this. Do you feel like you're a fan of a big club? That's what you are. You're like, you're, you're like Man City. We played... Concord Rangers away last year. Where's that? Which is on Canvey Island. Not even the biggest club on yeah, Canvey Island. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like this, Josh. So Dave Thomas, does that name ring any bells? No. Maybe not, because you're Plymouth. Yeah, so you, yeah. You'd be, you've been more of the Sunday Independent or... What was the, the Plymouth Herald. paper? Even in Herald, yeah. So you'd have got that. Herald Express is yeah. the talkie paper. Dave Thomas is the journalist yeah. who's covered them, I'd say, 40 years? Yeah. 50 years? Wind and rain, day and night. Success and mainly no success. Uh, Dave Thomas is in the in the Netflix documentary, which we yeah. spoke about earlier. Losers about the we will Brin, come to that the Brin episode, which we'll talk about later. Anyway, we fight. We beat Concord Rangers one nil. We're in the arse end of nowhere on Canvey Island. We've just won one nil in the National League South. We're filing out. Dave Thomas is is tapping away there on his his match report, which he has done for the last forty five years. We're filing away. Bloke behind me goes. There's Dave Thomas spending his fucking Netflix money. <laughs> and you go, oh, I get it. We don't like success. We don't, we don't want anyone to be successful. We don't, no, don't put your head above the parapet, whatever you do. Amazing. Right. Is there a bit of you talking like getting into like non-league football? Is yeah. this like well, this is as bad as it gets, and if you can survive this, is it fun in that aspect? Like you know, well, like being rock bottom you, you is like you think that, and then you go down again. <laughs> that, well, that was yeah. it. So we went out of the league a couple of times and got back into the league. Relegation from the football league is massive in my lifetime as a Talk United fan. So I started supporting them in '86. 87 is the is the season we'll talk about the the, the losers season the Brin yeah. the Brin football season and then uh, in the mid 90s the whole Stevenage thing happened which we Good. finished bottom of the league we're, and we were going to come to all this trailing ahead um, uh, um and so and then eventually we we got we actually got relegated and we got went back up and then we got relegated again and you think right that's it let's draw a line and then we got relegated out of the 
conference out of the National League. So were you in financial trouble? or you We were always bad? in financial trouble, yeah. and we were bad. <laughs> but you know what it's like in the lower leagues, you know what it's like. As soon as you get two good players, yeah. that's it. You're yeah. away. Yeah. You, you'll win. <laughs> it's literally one good player gets you anywhere. If you've got someone who scores goals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got a 20-plus goal scorer and a good centre-back. You're basically yeah. going to win the league. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We always yeah. start, have you met a 90s footballer? I, I'm sh- Well, now I work on Talk Sport. I yeah. meet, meet these people all the time and, and it is... Do you get overawed? No, because in some ways it's amazing and then some ways you go, oh, well, disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> this is ch- another childhood dream smashed. <laughs> I've, always, I've always found that I've attached my emotional well-being to football. And if football's... What an awful life! But you but, must have but yeah, had. But, but if my life's going badly, a lot of the time I'll go. Well, at least I've got football. Yeah, you know, at least at least. I've got, and I and I do sort of secretly deep down. I'll say this out loud. Go. Yeah. If the football's going well, bits of my job won't go. <laughs> go <laughs> professionally, I'll do badly. If I'm doing okay professionally, yeah, Torquay will be absolutely relegated. But then it's you know even now in the last few years. So. <laughs> yeah, we must be top of the world now with yeah, yeah, talk yeah. carrying on. Cheers. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's take Torquay United back to the age. You started sporting in 1986. What was the first yeah. game you went to? More? Burnley at home uh, midweek. Oh, like a Tuesday night. Tuesday nighter. How old would you have been at this point? Ten. And I went with my dad. And for me, early football is midweek games because my dad worked my dad worked six or seven days a week right. so we would never go on a Saturday really we'd always go under the lights under the lights so it's pretty exciting isn't it yeah. you know, that midweek feeling what was playing more like as an experience when you turned up like did you know it was did you it don't, feel like an arena no because you don't know it's bad so it feels amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah never been football like we watched this documentary about Gillingham and they showed the Plymouth ground from 1998 yeah and I remember that being brilliant, uh, being yeah. a huge ground compared to Exeter and Torquay. The Plymouth ground was, yeah, yeah, that was. But it's ground. not when you see it no. now; it's awful. But uh, you, you're so a, you're so small, so it feels so big. Like, yeah. did it feel no, no. because it, it just felt brilliant. But we yeah. sat in the family stand. Yeah, I remember that, which is behind a goal. Which yeah. is, I think it's the only time we ever did that because I wanted to sit with the swearers, you know. Yeah, stand, yeah. stand, stand, stand. Still, you still stand, still stand at Torquay. Do you? Um, yeah. The the away end it was four steps uncovered. Nice. The un- yeah. Welcome end, to hell. It, well, yeah, yeah. And one stand burnt down. Burnt down. Yeah, if you watch, if you watch that, if you watch the documentary, okay. the stand has just burnt down. One of the one of the. And why? How's it burned down? It's made of wood. <laughs> and uh, I think there was an electric pylon or something. Yeah, and it burnt down. Yeah, so was that just down. gone then? That just that just was sort of like a burnt, charred, <laughs> like a bad barbecue. And it was room. still there, like you know, like still the still but, but sort of you're not allowed on it. But the pop side is was all all standing. Yeah, and the, and the family end was seats. And then we'd go to like the odd, the odd midweek game. We'd rarely go on a yeah. Saturday. And did and you know what was going on? Did you follow it or sort of not really, not really. Not I, I knew I knew what football was. And we're talking bad in the eighties. Yeah, really bad. Yeah. So if you watch the, the documentary Losers, that is the end of that season. So that season. So tell us what happened there. That is the end of the season. We needed to stay up. We play in Crew Alexandra with David Platt, etc. Oh really? Crew Alexandra came to us. They were getting promoted. They were like the best team in the league. We needed to get a draw, and if we got a draw, Lincoln City 
got relegated. And were you at this game? I always thought I was, and it turns out I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> we've all, we've all I done always that. thought I was there, but, but how did you find out? I, you... I just, I just was, I just said, to, "We were at that game, weren't we, Dad?" No, no, we never went on a Saturday till the year after. He said, "You never went. You used to go because I used to work, and so your oh. brother, when your brother got old enough, he could take you, you know." But oh. you weren't at that game. I think what it was, my nan ran a guest house in Babacombe in Torquay, yeah. around the corner from the ground, and we'd go and see her on a Saturday, so I think I thought you, know, you were yeah. close enough proximity. Yeah, but also it's a when sellout. You, when you, look you at see the... the footage of that yeah. match, I've never seen a pitch like it. As bone dry. As it's, it's, unreal, it's like the Sahara. Yeah. It's like there's dust clouds coming off the pitch. You know when unreal, England play cricket in India and it's like you've got to have two spinners because it's so dusty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's, like, it's unreal, isn't it? It's unbelievable. The ball yeah. must have just been bouncing. Yeah. My dad's garage, key garage, Newton Abbott. Mm. He had a board around the side. Oh, what, you had an advertising board? You had board. an advertising board. Do you know how much so, you paid for it? No idea, but we used to love, we used to love seeing that. Yeah, Going and seeing that. And that's one of the reasons we'd, we'd never sit that side, because we couldn't see the board. <laughs> so when that documentary came out, I thought, oh, brilliant, Dad's board will be on this documentary. But of course, it's all filmed by one bloke on a VHS yeah. camcorder from one side, so oh, a bit disappointing. Uh... But anyway, at the end of that game, so if we if we draw, how much I love that you <laughs> wanted to see the board. Oh, I love it. Well, that's a bit of glamour, isn't it? Yeah, you know what it's like when you're in the West Country. Anything is <laughs> glamorous, isn't it? <laughs> oh, look. So what happens in in the match is we go one or two nil down or something. No, we go one nil, one nil, one all. They score, go two one up. There's five minutes to go. We're relegated, basically. Police dog. Right, there's a bit of trouble. One's on in the pop side. Don't know what it is. All the police dogs go over to that side. Jim McNichol played for Exeter. Did he play for Plymouth? He mainly played for it. I don't know if he did play for Plymouth. I wonder Plymouth. if he cre- completed uh, the... Yeah, a lot of people completed the triumvirate. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all have the same player yeah. if they just didn't want to move. Didn't want to move. <laughs> Get down. I've written, bought a house now. <laughs> I'll do all three. <laughs> all right, I'll play. All right, I'll play for Torquay. It would normally go Plymouth... Exeter, Torquay, yeah. <laughs> Weymouth Town, Taunton, Tiverton, <laughs> New- Newton Spurs. It's like a train line in many ways. <laughs> Change at Castle Carey. <laughs> yeah, he might have done. He might have done the Holy Trinity. He yeah. Might have. Jim McNichol brings the ball out. He was a really good player. Brings yeah. the ball out. Police dog thinks he's an intruder. Runs on the pitch, bites him. Yeah. <laughs> Jim McNichol goes down. Yeah. Big bite mark in his leg. Yellow card for the dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no no time to go. In the extra time created by the dog, Paul Dobson scores, keeps us in the league. That's mad, isn't it? The dog. That's a, it's one of my favourite football stories. stories. Do you know my issue with the story? Yeah, go on. The protagonist. And... <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the talk you stay up. Yeah. No, my issue with the story is that um, you end up with a situation where because injury time is time that would have existed anyway. Yeah. So it's not extra time added on. Do you see what I mean? No, you, yeah, but come on, mate. He's only, no, I know. I know it's, a, it's all a bit of fun and we all enjoy it. But, I'm always... <laughs> but that was injury time. Anyway, Dave Thomas is there. Oh, spending yeah. his neck. <laughs> and that, you no. can watch it on Amazon Prime. You can watch it's, it. It's, oh, anyway, so that happens. Manager stay gets... Up. Stay up. Manager gets sacked. We then get Cyril Knowles. Right. Nice one, Cyril, from Spurs, right, who the yeah. song is about. Good yeah. player, really good player. Turns out to be a brilliant manager, absolutely brilliant for us. Same team, the season after, we have Spurs on a 
Tuesday night in the Littlewoods Cup at that point, yep. and we beat them one 0 Oh wow! At home, Derek Dawkins and I. And, and I'm, but I was at that game. I was yeah. definitely at that game because that is just seared onto my. That mind. must be one. And of also, them. there is pictorial proof. There's a. I saw it. There's a photo of Derek Dawkins on everyone's shoulders, doing yeah. doing the victory V's. Yeah, and I'm in that picture. And, oh, that, and I was oh, like, wow. and I went, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I want to ask. In the eighties, you got re-elected twice to the league. So yeah, you finished bottom. Mm. What? How does that, that obviously got rid of? How does that work? Well, Why is that happening? Because the the story always goes that football league chairmen would like their weekends in Torquay. <laughs> they'd like a, they like a weekend away. So they'd re-elect. Really? So they'd re-elect Torquay because because they didn't want to have to go to wherever who had won the. Wow. Game, so the fact know? you're a seaside town, yeah, that has kept you in the league. Yeah, the <laughs> fact that that you are that you are you know the thing that stops us getting any good players, which is we're out on a limb. <laughs> No one wants to come to us, it, but the fact that it's a nice weekend away, the fact that fans like it, and wow! So do, just the re-election thing—that's well, gone, yeah, that's yeah, gone. yeah, that's gone. Yeah, no. so that's that's the thing about the the Bryn season. But why did that... That's the first ever season of relegation, right? And wow. why did re-election exist? It feels mad that it kind of—I think the same way as it all existed to look after their own, yeah. look after themselves. You know, in the late eighties, you had Lee Sharp who went to Man U. We did. So did you? See Lee Sharp. £185,000, I'm going yeah. to say. Something like that. Right? £180,000. Yeah, I saw him once was he twice, good? I think. He was a 16-year-old left back or left winger or something, so he was fine. fine. Yeah. We had, but we had, we had other I... players, you know, we had other players yeah. you thought were better. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, that's interesting. I thought Lee Sharp would, like, completely stand out for Torquay. No, because he's 16. And, and, yeah. and the thing about lower league players is they're massive. They're just big, massive blokes. yeah. yeah. And the little sixteen-year-old just looks, yeah, just looks like nothing. So he, when he went to Man U and he was brilliant, yeah, was it shocking to you? No, that was like that's huge news, you know. Yeah, were you proud of Lee Sharp? Of course, yeah, of course you're proud yeah. of Lee Sharp. You don't really know what it is because, as you, you know, you're just getting into football. Yeah, uh, so it makes, when you're ten, eleven, twelve, you're like just getting into it, and you don't really know the rhythms of it or what happens or. or so it makes perfect sense that Lee Sharp would go to Man U. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember because I I liked Liverpool. And I yeah. liked Ian Rush. I particularly liked Ian Rush. Yeah. So when Ian Rush went to Juventus, yeah, it was about around the same time, I think. I couldn't believe that that was happening. That Ian yeah. Rush would leave Liverpool. So, but also Lee Sharp hadn't been at our club in long enough. Yeah, he wasn't like be, a talky legend. No, it wasn't like yeah. oh god, we're going to lose Lee. That's it. That's game over. Yeah. He wasn't really there long enough for us to. But then you know, forever Torquay, isn't he? You know, yeah. forever started at Torquay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find yourself cheering on United in the nineties when he like because of Lee, because Lee Sharp was there? No, <laughs> no, not really. No, no. If he was on, you know, be like start a talkie, you know, <laughs> straight in with the, any any badge at all, you know. No, no. I was going to say I was obsessed with the talkie chairman in the nineties. Yeah, Mike Bateson, Bateson. Yeah. So Mike Bateson was kind of local celebrity chairman, mm. but I don't really know why. But he he was in charge of a thing in Devon called Mod Deck Windows. Yeah. Which did double glazing. The double glazing uh, boom. You know, it was the yeah, 80s, yeah. wasn't it? The 80s, everybody got UPVC windows. Yeah. And he, was he in his own advert? Why was he such a prominent figure he was in, in his my own childhood? Adverts. Yeah, I think he was in his own adverts. And also, I think he quite liked the associated heightening of his profile that came with being a football league manager. Yeah. Chairman, he yeah. did weird things like he'd have a ventriloquist's dummy called Algernon in his office yeah that would sometimes get involved in negotiations 
<laughs> if you've ever heard anything more League of Gentlemen, then I, I want to hear it. So what, he would get involved in contract negotiation? Uh, allegedly, yes. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, Did you ever and, bump into these characters, like, around Torquay, like some of the players, the chairman, like, as a kid? Tony Beddo, in the... He's one of our players. He played for us for about 10 years, and he was... And he, I think he was better than he was. He was always the player that, oh, they'll come, someone will come in for... Yeah, <laughs> ten years later. Someone will come in for better. <laughs> well, if we can keep hold of better. <laughs> yeah. You know, Tony better. Anyway, he bought my mum's Fiat Punto. Wow. Well, my, dad, my dad was a Fiat dealer, right? Yeah. My, he, had a, he had a Fiat garage and he did used cars as well. But he bought my mum's yellow... Fiat Punto Sporter. <laughs> Tony wow. So that was big news in our house. You'll never guess who bought the car. Wow. Tony Ben and I went, I bet he's got a move. <laughs> <laughs> did you consider supporting Plymouth or... Ex- never. Okay. What, so never what, ever. So what was the decision? How did you decide? on Closest. Closest? Yeah. Yeah, the traditional way. Just, get a and also my nan lived like a mile from the ground, so... We could hear it, we could see it. It was closest, easiest to get to for us. Um, mm. Plymouth the scum, Exeter scum. <laughs> and how much so. would the kind of West Country, how much would it kick off? Was so, there a real West Country no, rivalry they would say, amongst you? If you, if you were to ask a Plymouth fan, I'd say Plymouth liked talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Plymouth and Exeter hate each other, and Exeter and Torquay hate each Plymouth other. Plymouth would always sing, We only laugh at the Torquay. We only yeah, laugh at the Torquay. Yeah, it was kind of patronising. Patronising, you know. <laughs> also, I remember thinking Plymouth was some kind of... Because they'd been on... I saw them on the telly. What what was it? The Arsenal? What was that, Josh? Cup semi-final, was it? No, we played Watford in the Cup semi-final in 84. That was it, yeah. I must yeah. have seen that. Yeah, I must have seen that. Yeah. That was live on telly, wasn't it? Yeah. So I remember thinking all oh, that. And then they had Tommy Tynan, who was amazing. Yeah. And would break all sorts of records. And then we yeah, we the, went when up we, in 86. In that was before my championship time. there. We're like, were you we in went up division... to what is now the championship in 86. Division 2. And we were there till 92. Yeah, and that was like a... And you had Dave Smith... Yeah, we're a good team. You Kevin came Hodges to us, and stuff, Kevin Hodges, yeah. yeah, and came. They... This must sound like absolutely nothing to you. <laughs> no, Are you yeah, good team, English? good team. Yeah, yeah. So Plymouth. This is always... how I've always imagined this podcast. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally. Plymouth were just so far beyond us and bigger than us that we'd only ever draw them maybe yeah. in the cup or preseason friendly. We'd never really play them until. Later in the nineties, when you although we did play you in something called the Devon Cup. Mm, yeah, there's always what the, is that Devon Cup, the St Luke's Bowl. Yeah, all those things. Yeah, well, it's just reserve team football. Yeah, is it? Oh, is that all it is? Well, I just remember, like, occasionally it'd be like, oh, we're playing Exeter in the Devon Cup yeah, tonight. Yeah. Would you go to away games? Would you go to like? I went to Torquay away? away, but we. How was that? It was fine. My mate got in under the fence. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. Glastonbury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'd have just let him in if he paid the four quid or whatever it was to get in. But no. um, it was no, and then Exeter were our rivals, and so actually, if you, the, I think the most popular clip of whatever is bad '90s football on Twitter is a Torquay United miss Adrian Ledbetter oh, in the and I'm in I'm in that away end of that of Exeter. It's Boxing Day, oh, and what's the miss like? Oh, it's un. I remember on the day thinking this is unreal. He's like on the line. <laughs> <laughs> and it, go, it goes over. The other oh. thing I remember about Torquay being quite kind of not amateurish, but like okay, 
No, no, is that you trained on Newton Abbott Racecourse. You trained on this the racecourse. I've, I've walked across racecourses a yeah, few times. That's the, divot, yeah. the divots that a horse can leave behind Yeah, that didn't, always, that didn't always happen. That didn't always happen. That was a, a, a later thing. I don't know where he used to train, but you, if you read Gary Nelson's book, yeah. Left Foot in the Grave, it's yeah. after Left Foot Forward, that is a season with Torquay. Yeah. And they're basically, they're, they drive around in the Sherpa van that we got for being in the Sherpa van final, which is now the uh, Checker Trade Trophy. Yeah. We got into the final of that. And you got given a van. That was under Cyril Knowles as well. The Bolton, Phil Neal's Bolton in 19-something-something. Yeah. Something. And you're still driving around in the Sherpa van? In, in the mid-90s, because that's, that's what you like as a club. So they're taking the players around looking for a training pitch. <laughs> Midnight is in the Sherpa van from what, like random, yeah. like looking for a pot? Yeah, looking for like a. a Why did you get a map out? Why did you need to drive bit? around? <laughs> That's mad. Yeah, but we were in the middle of the race course for a bit, so you could yeah. go and watch it. And did and you ever go? Oh yeah, of course we did. Drive to go down there. What to go watch them train? Pretend we won't. Yeah. <laughs> have, a flutter, <laughs> have a flutter on a yeah. nag while you're there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's hard because they haven't got any money, so no one goes to watch it. They haven't got any money, so. Yeah, if you're no, a lower league course. club and your maximum income is six thousand people, so you have to buy wisely. And yeah. no, you don't buy anyone anymore either. So in no, nineteen ninety one, some success comes your way. Yes, as a fan, you get into the playoff final. Yeah, we Blackpool. Yeah, and did that feel at that time amazing to you? Absolutely, I'm unreal. Well, we, did you we, go to we, Wembley? Well, actually, we'd been to Wembley with this with the Sherpa van yeah. trophy a few a couple of years before. And so you getting to, to Wembley bit was like, oh, well, we've been to Wembley before, you know, it's fine. Yeah. I couldn't go. I was doing a show. I was in Jersey doing a show. This is the thing. A lot of the time, I have had to miss big football matches and not yeah. be there. For... I was always there when we'd lose at Wembley. I started to yeah, yeah. give myself the hoodoo, you know. And I asked the next day, can anyone tell me, you know, no internet or anything. Yeah. So I had to ring my mum and say, what was the score? And she went, she said, oh, it was 12-11. <laughs> on, on penalties. Oh, wow. Yeah, so oh, that, we, that's yeah. the real score. So we were playing Blackpool, who were like league leaders. They had a player, a player called Dave Bamber, who was like broke records in the lower leagues with for goals. This is 1991. Yeah, and we drew two all. And this was Blackpool's first cup final, cup final, for want of a better word, since the 53 Stanley Matthews, Stanley Mortison oh, right, yeah. cup final. So it was like, wow, Blackpool at Wembley. It's like... <laughs> You know, Where they belong. And I think it was on a Friday night or something. I don't think it was on a Saturday day. I remember it being under the lights. Good team. So in that team is Matt Elliott. Yeah. Leicester. Yeah. Uh, Darren Moore, Derby, West Brom, who was the West Brom manager recently. And a player called Mark Loram, who who had a history with Torquay, which was he was our best player for a long, long time. Like really, really good sort of winger. Yeah. Local lad as well from Brixham. So like one of our own and like got signed by QPR, went didn't like it, came back to talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how often that happens in yeah. the lower yeah. leagues, isn't it? Yeah. It's really like teams like Torquay. Yeah. Like players going away and going, actually, I just want to be back in Torquay. Exactly. Well, you can understand it, can't you? You know, if you grew up somewhere and you like it and that's your, and, you're, and you look at it now, we know mental health in footballers now is, yeah. is all, we all talk about it all the time. But you know, you look back at loads of stories now that you go, oh, I just didn't like it. And you go, oh no, it's probably having... <laughs> Nervous breakdown yeah. in, in West London. This lad from this lad from Brixham gone. Why don't it? Why don't it smell of cockle? You want East London for that? <laughs> no, yeah. Um, so two all extra time penalties. Yeah, everybody scores twelve eleven. 
uh, and our goalkeeper scores the winner. Oh, she's Gareth Howes. Remember David Howes? Yeah, the Tottenham, Tottenham, player. Tottenham player. His brother, Gareth Howes. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, what we're talking I claim about. To fame. <laughs> David Howes' <laughs> brother. Yeah. Yeah. Do you obscure night <laughs> football at war? His yeah. brother. Yeah, his brother. <laughs> how, how niche do you want this podcast to get? I think if David Howes walked in, I'd struggle to recognise him. But Gareth Howes, the brother of David Howes. Yeah. Imagine but, being defined by your brother, and it's David Howes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, the, so you know, great story, isn't it? Keeper scores the winner. And guess who missed the Blackpool penalty for us to win? Dave Bamber. Oh, wow. And we're now into a sudden death situation. And who will be nominated to take the next penalty for Torquay, I wonder? And believe it or not, it's Gareth Howells who's going to take the responsibility. And he scores. Not often you see a goalkeeper score at Wembley. And cool as you like, Gareth Howell scores. I wonder if Steve McElhaggy will want to uh, return the compliment. Well, now it's going to be Dave Bamber. That's 17 goals for Blackpool this season. I'm not sure whether this will count to his tally. But again, the pressure is on. And he's missed it! And Torquay United are back in Division 3. 19 years they've waited for this moment. The players go wild in the penalty area. And Torquay United earn promotion. And poor Dave Bamber doesn't know where to put himself. The Torquay United fans celebrate. The players celebrate. What a night it's been from them. And they're back in Division 3. So was there like an open-top bus? Yeah. Really? Yeah, all that, Through the middle middle of Torquay? To be honest, Torquay's a very nice uh, tourist destination. You can get an open-top bus anyway. (laughs) 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 So they just bought some tickets rather than organise their own thing. They didn't have to organise it. They could have just all paid a quid and got on the top. So did you go to that? Uh, yeah, we must have. Yeah, we mum will have taken us to yeah. that. Yeah, to watch oh, that. Wow. But it's actually quite disappointing. The open top bus, especially if there's not many people there holding the bus up. Fifty mile an hour. Just a bus driving past. <laughs> <laughs> No. It's a weird um, tradition, isn't it? The open top bus. Yeah, you well, think yeah. about you have images of like, well, like Liverpool, Liverpool last yeah. year mm. or the England cricket team. Yeah, when exactly. there's a hundred thousand people out there. But yeah, I don't know if Plymouth did it when we won the playoffs in '96. You know, I'm saying yeah, and I'm I'm thinking yeah, and I can remember being there. But then I go, I wonder if that's just an imagined <laughs> yeah, false well, memory. Oh, false I once memory. got caught when I used to live in Highbury. I got caught. I just wanted to go to the shop to get some breakfast. <laughs> oh, no. And I got caught in the Arsenal open-top bus parade. Oh, no, no, no. This is the mid-noughties. There's an open-top bus parade every other week yeah. back then yeah. in North London. It was when they hadn't... Do you remember when they hadn't won anything in years then they won the FA Cup? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so it was, yeah. it was always... It's quite bittersweet anyway because no one really cared about the FA Cup. No. Did you ever see the footage of Ecstasy? I mean, those idiots. <laughs> With Michael Jackson. Yeah, we've, we've, we've covered, yeah, we've, covered we've, that. Yeah, <laughs> How did you feel as a Torquay fan when they've got Yuri Geller, Michael yeah. Jackson, the King of Pop, coming down to their ground? Who was the biggest celebrity you would have had in Torquay? Well, we're Helen Chamberlain. Helen, Helen Chamberlain. Helen Chamberlain. Helen did you Chamberlain see Hen- Helen Chamberlain down I saw her at Macclesfield away once, so she's a proper fan. Uh, Peter, Peter, Co- Peter Cook supported Torquay United. Uh, did he? Yeah. 
Why did he support Torquay? No idea. But Pro- proper, like in, in a real fan kind of way. I don't know if he went, but in his, it, but you look at it, and he's written about them. And when we went to Wembley, he wrote about a thing about them. And yeah, wow. uh, Torquay United in Spurs, he supported. So you have to give him something. But... And then you go up. I'm going to read a bit from the. The Wikipedia of okay, the next yeah. season. Okay. Despite the high-profile signing of Justin Fashno, mm. the appointment of Ivan Golach as manager, and well-publicised visits of Julie Goodyear to the dressing room, <laughs> yeah. United were relegated after just one season. Yeah. So let's go through those three. <laughs> Justin Fashno, was he good? Julie Goodyear was Justin... So Justin Fashno had just, had just come out. Yeah. He was friends with Julie Goodyear. Must have been... Through coming out, I think, and just being on that scene, was friends with Julie Goodyear. So she used to turn up. I love the way your Wikipedia's written about this because there's, despite the high profile visits of Julie Goodyear yeah. to the dressing room, yeah. you still ended in relegation. <laughs> like that would, the, you'd think that would be enough to stay up. You didn't get the Julie Goodyear bounce. <laughs> <laughs> we're all look, we're looking for the Julie Goodyear bounce. She, she, you know, she guarantees you 15 points. <laughs> I don't understand what's going wrong. Julie Goodyear's been there's in the dressing the room. There it is, yeah. Oh, wow. Julie in the dressing room. Are they all in the bath there? They're, they're all out. in towels with champagne. So they must have just won something. Julie so, look, we just obviously have gone up and can't afford to yeah. to be up, basically. And anyone... The trouble is, when you have half a decent player, yeah, they, they go. go. Yeah. Because they don't want to stay. They want to go to a yeah. to a better team or whatever. Did Torquay have a good away following? Because Plymouth yeah. had an amazing away following because everyone leaves, basically. Yeah. So yeah, everyone lives around the diaspora. The yeah, there's the like diaspora. there's Yorkshire goals and there's... There's all sorts of goals, uh, capital goals, a big London thing. So we get at least sort of three or four hundred, and then maybe up to like fifteen hundred away still, even now. And you I know. feel like I wonder in those lower leagues, is there like is there much trouble in like when you go to those away games, or is it like the standard of football so low that no one's that invested? Well, that that was the funny thing, Plymouth. <laughs> Course, yeah. wherever they go, do they? Plymouth? No, well, Plymouth's got an insane away following, like it's huge. Yeah, so we take 2,000, we always sell out our way. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Plymouth's a sleeping giant. <laughs> that was the thing in the National League South, we were like the big club, you know. And yeah. we had, and then we had one sort of group of youth who started turning up with smoke bombs and <laughs> flares what and stuff. Color? What like, color? Yellow, uh, yellow. <laughs> like ultras, you know. <laughs> Doing the Poznan away at Dulwich Hamlet. Ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, was a great season. Yeah, well, not a great season, but an amazing another avoidance of yeah. going out of the league. This yeah. time in, see, we've still never been out of the league at this point. Yeah, that's but mad. Every year you're rolling ev- the dice. Ev- every single year we are either promoted or gonna be relegated. Yeah, yeah. and then we finish plum last. <laughs> In by, a by a mile, by an absolute mile. But to come up is Stevenage. They and they win the conference by a by about fifteen points, as people do. But their ground's not good enough. <laughs> so we're down, we're well oh no, we're we're relegated. But then we get a phone call or whatever, be, be told you're not down. Stevenage's ground isn't good enough. They're not coming up, so you're still in the league. So uh, we dodge it again. Absolutely I'm, dodge it again. My memory is that there, there was a knowledge that this was like Stevenage weren't going to be good enough, and you kind of started supporting them. Or oh no, that... no, oh, oh, no! Is that a false? Well, memory? No, no, no. It, 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 it sort of. I think we lost the league by a lot more points than we should have because we basically went well, can't go down anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think <laughs> we're going to. It doesn't matter. How you know. bad must Stevenage's ground have been? Yeah, yeah. Because the grounds are awful. No, but you have to have a certain amount of seating and that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. all the stuff that came in after Hillsborough was right. safety, safety, safety. So you had to have a yeah. certain amount of seating and that sort of stuff. But really terrible, isn't it, way to stay up to the other yeah. team? 
Just you go, oh, You gosh. think as well they'd just go the second place team could go up. Not. Yeah, well, no, well, well, exactly. <laughs> no promotion. Well, that's it. <laughs> you <laughs> got stay up, even though you got 12 points. Is, but I wish we had gone down because it's, it's a brilliant thing to do is go down. Like a lot of teams in the Premier League, I always think, it'd be great for, be great for Everton or Man United to have a, another season in the championship. Well, I think yeah. Man City... Going out, they win every week. They'd love it. Yeah, I think Man City probably, yeah. when they went down twice and then came back up, that's probably a brilliant time. I mean, don't Man say City, that to but... Leeds or Nottingham Forest or no. any of those teams, but it's, it, I think it's, it's good for you to have... A good for the soul. Good for the soul to go and win. <laughs> it's the yeah. same team. This is what you learn. It's the same blokes running around in front of you, you know, in a... Yeah, you don't enjoy it any more or any less, whatever division I don't think in, so. I don't think. <laughs> um, and then it all comes good again, yeah. somehow... You get Kevin Hodges as manager. Yes, now Kevin Hodges and Gary Nelson come in yeah. as his assistant. There's some sort of link I just remembered how amateur Torquay were. Uh, one of my PE teachers was also the youth coach at Torquay. Who's that? Mr Steer. Mike Steer. Mr Steer, otherwise known as Mike Steer. <laughs> otherwise known as <laughs> Mike you, Steer. Just in case. And I remember <laughs> the excitement of um, when they brought out a later championship manager, championship manager three, and you had staff. He was on oh, championship he on manager. Oh, How has this never come up? That's I amazing. I, I'd completely forgotten that Mr. Steer was on championship manager. Did it manager. say Mr. Steer? On <laughs> it said Mike Steer in brackets, Mr. Offer Mike Steer new contract? <laughs> yeah. no, not after today's lesson. But he did PE and technology. So he was, some days oh. he was teaching woodwork and then going off to teach the talk. Very easy. much an all-rounder, utility yeah. player. Yeah. Yeah, and we had somehow in the 90, mid-90s a link-up with a team called FC Lambada. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. Sent, That's not a real team. Sent kits. Yeah, or, right. or in the West Indies somewhere. Yeah. And we got a player called Greg Goodridge who came over and was... He was brilliant. Bri- like, properly... What, from, from Lambada? From FC Lambada. So we had this player, and he was your classic... Mazy winger, but also brilliant up front. Like brilliant, like far too good for us. Played for us a couple of seasons, absolutely brilliant. And then we sold him for decent money. But at the same time, we had we created this link up that we could look after. And then Rodney, with FC Lombarda, with FC Lombarda, Rodney Jack turned up, and Rodney Jack is my favourite all time. Really, player. he was yeah. amazing. Rodney like Jack. properly brilliant. We had also we had a good, we had decent left back. Uh, Paul Gibbs, great player, was uh, going out with Helen Chamberlain. Was indeed. Do you um, remember the local? paper front page yeah you're making the pose yeah so so i'm not wrong you're not where wrong. he tattooed the talky badge onto helen chamberlain's ass yeah, that is that was the front page news <laughs> and why was he doing that because he could it wasn't it i thought wasn't it a bad thought he bad. probably had it done i don't think paul no i don't think he did actually it. Had I, done think, it himself. I don't think he'd done it himself <laughs> unless he'd got a sideline yeah but, no, but he posed with it but yeah. We had, well, I had a look at the tattoo a bit earlier. It, it, I wouldn't say it's the most professional. No. So Gibbs, no. he could have been responsible. Never know. Well, I think it was to celebrate them getting to Wembley. Was that what it was? It was I some sort of bit. You get to Wembley, I'll have it tattooed on my ass. Yeah. That's just fine. He went to Brentford anyway. He went to Plymouth. Yeah, Plymouth. He went directly to Plymouth. Bastard. He tattooed he the crest, and within three months, he was playing for Plymouth. <laughs> Well, there's another cheek left. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Get so, a little pilgrim on the other yeah. side. <laughs> so you went to Wembley. Well, with that season, we had a good team and we needed to go to Leighton Orient and get a draw to go up automatically. First time we, we would ever have done that in our history. And we lost. <laughs> we lost, went down to 10 men and uh, Andy Gurney had to go in goal. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Our left back had to go in goal. So oh, out, yeah. out pitch player in goal. Oh, the classic. To gutted. And then we absolutely hammered Scarborough in the playoff semi-finals, like 7-2 or something like that. Amazing. Went to Wembley, Colchester, scored in the 22nd minute penalty. And that was it. <laughs> That was, that was Friday we, night. We didn't even... That was a Friday night because of the England game. And we didn't even... I love fight. that they double-booked the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to get Torquay in. It's like probably driving around in that Sherpa van. <laughs> Look, looking for a pitch. Oh. Yeah, just, you know, those gut, those just gutting, gutting yeah. moments. We go, oh, it's not going to be what I thought. Because we'd had such a good season. And I'd also, I'd had no work. I'd, I'd, I'd left drama school by then. And I'd had no, I wasn't a comic. I had, no, I had absolutely no, no money, no work, nothing. I was living in London, very poor. And I was in a miserable relationship. But hung everything on this, talk, <laughs> this, this brilliant Talkie United team that kept winning, you know, week yeah. in, week out. I'd hung my life on this. And, and then... They lost. And oh, that was the end of that. It was a, sad. Maybe I learned at that moment. Maybe don't hang your <laughs> hang your hopes. Hang on your talking, hopes you know. on talking. You know? It's yeah. funny when things are going bad in your personal life that your team tend. I find they yeah. do, they would be bad as well. Do you I, think? I remember, oh, was that for you? One that of my works ma- for you. Symbiotic <laughs> that way. One of my mates. The day West Ham got relegated in two thousand three, he got. He dumped by his girlfriend earlier in the day. Yeah. West Ham got relegated about five. He stayed in the pub, had a few bites to drink. Then at kind of 10 o'clock at night, walking home, a guy jumped out of the forest and hit him over the head with a plank. Oh, <laughs> All on the same day. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. Football can be a cruel mistress. It can. Yeah, it can. <laughs> really can. Um, I've got a couple more things from the 90s yeah. I want to ask you about. Yeah. Neville Southall played yeah. for Torquay for 53 games. Was that, is that, did he play for us for 53 games? According to Wikipedia. At the tail end of his That's career. That's the most he played for a club apart from Everton. That's and he got your player stat. of the year. Well, he was amazing. Can you imagine him? Was he unbelievable? Even, even being rubbish. Why was he playing <laughs> Even for probably five stone overweight at that time. <laughs> that, cause that, like well, a wheelie bin. Were you excited? <laughs> you must have been so excited. Because it's like, it's a proper celebrity coming to play for your team. You can't believe it. when that, We had Chris Waddle. Wow. Chris Waddle played for us for ten, for 10 games, didn't win one game. <laughs> Chris Jason Roberts played for yeah. us and he scored, he was amazing. We didn't lose one game with him and he scored like 11 and 11 or something crazy like that. Wow. He was brilliant. Yeah, so when someone like that, I think when someone like that turns up, they're either at the very end of their career and eking it out. But Neville Southall, if you're, if you've got, I think if you're that good as he was, at one point the world's best goalkeeper, your positioning is so good. Yeah. Actually, you're you're. It's like having the extra two yards in your head as a striker. Your position is so good that you know, and you know what they're going to do because they're not as good as you in that, even in, mentally. So he was so good because he'd just always be stood in the right place. But he'd also pull off unreal saves. Would he? And was he a big unit? By yeah, the way, big. Yeah, there's photos of him in it. I think they had to, the sort of player you had to have a special shirt made, <laughs> like because we had we also we bought Adebayo Fenwa back from Sweden or somewhere to play for us and then he left for Swansea yeah. we sold him to Swansea and then he, the rest is history but yeah he had to have special shorts for the Bayamak in Fenway <laughs> that was a 90s thing wasn't it Everyone having a Neil Ruddick didn't it like having yeah. this custom yeah. kit made because you're so yeah. big Never, so when someone like that turns up you think well, this won't last forever but hopefully their legs aren't gone which with a goalkeeper they're not yeah. you know. but my mate at the time was a Bradford City fan and that was when Bradford City were, were going into the Premier League and Neville left us to go and play for Bradford City 
in the Premier League. Wow! Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought I would assumed it was after Bradford no, City. No, he, no, he went. He went. He left us to play in the. <laughs> what? A... I think he played in the Premier League or or, or in the top yeah. of the Championship at least. He he left us to go and to go and do that. Wow! wow. And that's why he left. Was, still he was time. just using you like a and springboard. Then, and then, yeah, exactly. Looking for another move, <laughs> I expect. No, but no, great when a player like that turns yeah. up. Yeah. But yeah, and then we—I don't think we got relegated in the nineties, but we, I think we got relegated in the two thousands. Yeah. So it, it was a real up and down. But it then, was a good time, talky. Yeah, but for me, it was a real up and down. So my life was a very up and down in the nineties. So. I look. I, I really do connect the two as. Oh, was it? I can't remember if it was good or not. Because bits of it were good, and then other bits of it were. I'd got too emotional about about talking. I connected yeah. to my own life. So you well, go, I've oh. got a question for you on that. So Plymouth, yeah. like supporting Plymouth, you have this hope that it could one day be yeah. a Premier League team. Mm. And I don't. And supporting Torquay, there's not really that kind no. of idea. Is that easier to deal with? Than, would well, you prefer to support a team that was a sleeping giant, or are you? Is there something reassuring about a team that is only ever going to go so high up? If you were guaranteed to exist, yeah, then I would take it what I've got all day long. Yeah, but the this is why I can never really listen to Premier League people who moan. because <laughs> yeah. you go well, Berry don't exist. Yeah. Macclesfield might not exist. Torquay could easily not exist. If the bloke who owns it at the moment goes, actually, I'm done. Yeah. Then we're a million quid in the hole, and yeah, you know, no one's going to come in. It's it's really is for the four thousand people who who look out yeah. for their results every week. So if you took that doubt away, yeah, I'd still only support Torquay. The only thing that worries me is what if someone takes this away? Yeah, because I I love it so much. I've committed so much of my life to it. Um, and supporting your local team for me is so important because it's home. You know, yeah. it's, it's you know where I live now is home, but yeah. it's, it's it's a link it's, to Devon. Exactly, it's a link to Devon. It's not nostalgia. It's just oh, that's that's where I grew up, and that's what's within me. And I think that's why people cling on to their football team so much. Yeah, it's because that sense of belonging. It's you, isn't it? It's yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. your core. It is your core, and so you go oh. Yeah, well, I've always got that wherever I am. I'm always talking. That's why people wear their shirts on holiday, isn't it? Or, yeah. Or people who don't have a, you know, I love my job and I and I love my family, but people who don't have that, they've always got Man United or they've always got, like, the people in Liverpool now will be like, well, I've waited, you know, they might have yeah. the worst job, but it'll get them through the week. Whereas yeah. if you've, for me, it's like, oh no, it, there's a sense of home to your to your team. So yeah. I couldn't I couldn't even think about supporting anyone else. That's the thing with Barry. I was like, well, I don't know what you do. What do you do? Yeah, you don't suddenly support I Oldham. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to support anyone else. And yeah. although, so my son now, he was supporting Arsenal for a bit, and we went to a few games, and it's a trek in. You know, it's a real trek to go. I don't live in London. It's a you know, but I support. That's who he wants to support. He's chosen that himself. I'll get us tickets. We'll go. We went to a few games. Took him to an Oxford United game beginning of this year. The Coventry on a Saturday. It was 3 all. Same player scored two own goals. <laughs> Oxford equalising the last in 89th. He lost his mind. And because it's where he's from, he was like, Dad, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> and he's like, Oxford. <laughs> and he's now like, we, we go. And, you know, he's now oh. like me going... Can we go? Can we go? Can yeah. we go tonight? You know, oh, that's nice. So, uh, but so, but that's actually quite a nice way to watch football because you care if they win, but if they lose, you don't, you don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. So, but nothing beats 
Ben Winter in the National League South whacking it in for three all to mean we win the National League South. You know, nothing beats that. That is that's the best answer we've ever had at the end. Like, there is a normal answer, normal question oh. to do at the end, but um, we'll just tack it on. Would you go back to January the first, nineteen ninety, and do it all again? I don't think I would because I didn't enjoy. I, didn't, I don't think I look. I don't look back at it as a happy time. <laughs> I, think, I, mean, I love. Fair. I yeah. love talkie, and as I mean, they, you know, I love absolutely love talkie, and I love having watch. I love supporting a team that had dogs around the pitch and saved us. <laughs> Or we've we've had to beat Barnet on the last day of the season, or we've you know we beat we went up at South End once on the last. Everything's always last day of the season. I love all that, but it's really stressful. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't want to relive it all again because I know I've got stress to come. So yep. it's like you just have to enjoy it. Just have to get through it. You just have to enjoy. Let's get right. Let's get. It's often we'll turn up on a Saturday three o'clock. All right, let's get through this. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael. As a thank you, what have you got, Charlie? Oh my goodness! So as a thank me. you, we have got you a. I couldn't tell you what season it's from, but a, uh, a Torquay United. Thank uh, you so much. Shirt. Oh I mean, the sponsor gosh. is. You might be able to age it by the sponsor. No, I've got that shirt, but that's come off. Oh, well, <laughs> there we go. So I think it's probably been thrown away. That's the away shirt. I'm going to say from about ninety-seven, ninety-eight. That's so nice. The maker. Thank Super you so League. much, Super League. I'd, is, I don't think I even did slim fit at that point. <laughs> so it even fit. That's so kind. Thank you very, very much. No. Charlie wow. Baker, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Charlie Baker talking about Torquay United. We've actually um, we moved that uh, higher up the series, nearer the start of the series, should I say, um, because... We genuinely felt in the current climate that was uh, such a positive and nice interview, particularly the end of it, that was actually uh, just what we needed to put out. So um, I hope you all enjoyed it. It's the second time in three episodes uh, where we've ended with a kind of rousing speech about what a football club means to their fans or to their biggest player, which uh, I hope becomes a motif of all of our interviews from now on. Do, do you know what, as well, as a, like, kind of, as a Premier League football fan, I, hearing that, doing that interview makes me realise I've got no real kind of idea of what it's like to be a non-league fan. I take so much of the kind of Premier League experience for granted. Yeah. I forget that, you know, there's a, probably the majority of football fans in this country support l- lower league teams. And no, to hear like, like what that kind of gritty experiences yeah. like is fascinating I, th- I think it i think it is a different experience it's weird isn't it because if you're, you're in the lower leagues and you don't want to be in the premier league then what are you playing for it kind of feels like to me like i always at least with plymouth there's that hope do you know what i mean there's that feeling that it is a club that could be bournemouth but if you're talking united it is that forever so what you're falling in love with is the identity of Torquay United and the journey that you're on, I think. Did you enjoy it's West It's romantic. Ham? It is. It definitely is. It has to be. Otherwise, what the hell is it? And did you enjoy <laughs> West Ham being in the lower league? Well, in Absolutely not. No. I hate it far more. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I like, I like Joe, where, where West Ham are pitched in the Premier League, I enjoy as a fan because if you lose, you're not totally kind of distraught every weekend, which is helpful for West Ham when in the Premier League. But yeah. when West Ham are in the Championship, we are generally, if we're down there, one of the biggest clubs in the league and you expect to win every week. And I cannot deal with that kind of pressure. And that's, 
I imagine, I know that Ricky Hatton says that he actually preferred it when Man City weren't kind of top of the table. It's a real classic I thing I, I, to say, isn't I would it? get that. Michael, as a Man U fan, do you in any way kind of... I think we had this discussion on the day after the interview. It kind of, it's the one interview that kind of affected us the most. I felt an immense sense of, which is weird, but like guilt for supporting <laughs> Manchester United. Finally! Like, yeah, partly because obviously, you know, I was born on the Isle of Wight. You, I, you, it's physically impossible to be born in a hospital further away from Old Trafford and still be in the UK or still be in England as, yeah. as I was. So I am the definition of a glory hunter, although I still maintain we were not good in 1987, so yeah. I'm not a glory hunter. And, but it made me really sort of miss something that I'd never had, kind of lamenting that identity or that connection with a club like Chris said. I, I, I've definitely taken for granted, not winning, I don't think, but just there's a detachment there. It, it really made me want to follow lower league football or like find a team near me and just sort of support them and go on that journey. Why don't you be a proper fan and start supporting FC United? Because I... <laughs> I also think you have. I think you have a stronger attachment to the players, like Charlie was talking about Tony Beddo, because they're they're closer to you. You can see them there. They're living more your life. You know, the access to them is probably better if you're involved in the club. Like the players in the Premier League, they feel like they're from a different world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To what we live in. I, well, I feel that same way. I used to feel that same way about music as well. Like I could never understand someone being fanatic about a madonna or a michael jackson because they live in a different world it, for me it was sort of the guy that was on bass in the band that <laughs> just got signed and probably had like a six month tour cycle in them and then they were done i was like that's that's the non-league football equivalent yeah do you think there's a way in which you being the producer of quickly kevin you are the guy on bass for the small band when it comes to <laughs> podcast? yeah that's why i'm stringing this out for as long as i can <laughs> You guys have got solo careers. I've got nothing. I'm bonehead, basically. <laughs> uh, before you were writing, he was the guitarist. It was Gwigsy on bass. But, right. <laughs> I'm trying to think now of, like, bassists who've gone on to big things. Was it Fatboy Slim? Paul McCartney. Yeah, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney did a right for himself. Um... <laughs> okay, now, the quiz. Yeah, same as always. Chris and Josh in a game of starting 11. You know the rules by now. We normally pick a game that matches the guest of the episode... I don't think anybody is getting a talky game that's going to die very quickly. So what I thought was, seeing as we're in some kind of uh, football-based lockdown slash postponement, I'd pick the most infamous postponed game from the 90s, and that was uh, Middlesbrough versus Blackburn oh, from yeah. 1996, when Middlesbrough were docked three points for not turning up. I'd argue there's a more famous postponed game. West Ham no. played Crystal Palace and the, the floodlights went out halfway no through. One remembers, no one remembers that. No, no one remembers Literally that. Literally no, no one remembers that. Right. <laughs> nice try. So it is the, what I believe would be the rescheduled game of Blackburn versus Middlesbrough that season, which took place on the 8th of May, 1997. What's that? Chris, so wait, this is the rescheduled vote. So did they actually end is, up playing that game, but they got docked three points? I just presume the game had never happened. Well, I, that's exactly what I presumed. And what I was going to do was I was going to find the starting 11 lineups for both teams for the match prior to that ah. and face it off against each other. But actually, they, they did the play them later in that season. So I can only presume that they... And then what was the result? Well, the result was nil-nil. So oh, well worth a, the way. The world in which Middlesbrough, yeah, still could have stayed up. But anyway, wow. Blackburn Middlesbrough, May 1997. Okay. Chris, would you like to go first? I will go first and I will say Juninho. Correct. Janine, yeah. Um, <laughs> Fabrizio Ravanelli? Oh, 
God. How come? The white feather? The white feather must have been playing. Incorrect. Oh, come on. Um, Who's in goal at this time? I think it's Mark Schwarzer. No. Is it too early? It's that guy who had a headband. Ben something. Ben Roberts? But that's not my guess. (laughs) Well, I feel like you said a name. You can't then retract. Oh, God. If I go down with Ben Roberts... Was it Ben Roberts? Correct. Because oh. he was in goal. This was the year they went down, but also lost the FA Cup final after. He's in goal when they concede after 42 seconds or whatever it is. There's a few you could choose from here, isn't there? Ah, Who was the other team? Blackburn. That's um, tougher, yeah. isn't it? Of, uh, I'm going to go with Emerson. Correct. Blackburn just feels like it's not going to be that league-winning team of 95. So Shearer's left. Is Sutton still there or has he gone to Chelsea by this point? Who stayed at Blackburn? Did Colin Hendry stay at Blackburn? Colin Hendry. Correct. Oh. Um, I'll go with Craig Hignett. Correct. So this Blackburn team, um, they must have had some players that stayed. Oh, Tim Flowers? Correct. Was Roy Hodgson the manager by now, or am I too early there? I think you're too early. So who was the manager? Did they just not have a manager for a few years? Probably. Is it Tony it's Parsons? Hod- it's not Hodgson, Tony is it? Parsons. The, the no, not Tony Parsons. From just a minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's Nicholas Parsons. <laughs> Tony Parsons wrote Man and Boy, and he used to be married to Julie Burchill. Yeah, do you not remember his caretaker stint in charge of that <laughs> Tony Parks. Tony Parks, that's it. Yeah, yeah. he looked like Tony Robinson. <laughs> Just to make it even more confusing. I've got another one for Is this my go? Yeah. Yeah, you'll go, Chris. Gianluca Festa. Correct. Uh, I should say that I used to play as Middlesbrough on Championship Manager oh, around this time. Go. Here we bloody go. Um, I'm going to go with um, Stuart Ripley. He was a substitute. Oh. Believe it or not. And he came on in the 73rd minute. Oh. So, pick again. Robbie Musto? Is that someone? He played, correct. Oh. oh. Um, Graham Lasseau. <gasps> I don't think he's at Chelsea until that summer. Yeah, that's good, that. Correct. Good one. Really good one. Oh, come on. Middlesbrough this time. So, Ravenelli's not playing. Mikel Beck? Correct. Oh, that's a really good shit, wasn't it? He was terrible. This is such a gamble. I don't want to gamble. I really want to win this. I'm invested now. It's gone on too long. I've got two, and they're both gambles. Okay. I think around this time, Kevin Gallagher would have been playing up top for Blackburn. Kevin Gallagher? It's a gamble. It is a gamble. But it's correct. Oh, great one. Blimey. Do you know what I'm going to go with? Colin Cooper. I don't think that's right. I think it's too early. I don't think it's right either, but I'm... I think he's at Nottingham Forest then. Yeah. Colin Cooper is incorrect. So I've got... My other guess would have been Nigel Pearson. He was at Middlesbrough, correct. And was he playing that game? He was playing that game, yes. Wow. So it was Colin Hendry, Graham Lasseau, your mate Ian Pearce... Jeff Kenner, Paul Warhurst, Henningberg uh, in midfield, Billy McKinley, Tim Sherwood, Gary Flickcroft, and then up front, as said, Kevin Gallagher. 
and for Middlesbrough and Ben Roberts. Is, it's astonishing how quickly a team that wins the league can be total dog shit. <laughs> that is, that is, yeah. That's two years after they won the league. You wouldn't think it'd be that easy to like your, to, a league winning team to deteriorate into playing Billy McKinley, Jeff Kenner, Kevin Gallagher. <laughs> it's a real batting collapse, isn't it? Like a, a footballing batting collapse. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, and I really think that shows what a mistake it was to make Nicholas Parsons the manager. <laughs> Uh, and for the purists because people do message in the Middlesbrough team Ben Roberts Gianluca Festa Nigel Pearson Curtis Fleming uh, Emerson Clayton Blackmore hopefully one day a guest on this show Phil Stamp Yanino Robbie Musto Craig Hignett and Mikel Beck so Chris would you like to pick the song that plays out at the end of the show the song I want to play out I can't believe this hasn't come up before I watched uh, Evita for the first time the other day and I couldn't believe Jimmy Nail was in it was He's it? got a, like a major role in Evita. Wow. And that reminded me of the pop career of Jimmy Nail. So please can I have Ain't No Doubt by Jimmy Nail. Yes, please. That's it for this week. Up next, an amazing interview that I absolutely love. Our first goalkeeper, I think I'm right in saying, Mr. Dave Besant. That'll be up next week. Until then, Robbie Slater, see you later. She says, it's not you. find myself again you know oh yeah i know goodbye when i hear it she smiles but her heart's already out there walking down the street she says This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.